0: Morning. Red ten standing by. Red nine standing by. Red three standing by. Red six standing by. Good night. Standing by.
1: You're listening to the Ion Cannon podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment
2: reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This
1: is
2: it. He us.
3: Welcome to the Ion Cannon podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts Tom and William. Today, we're here to talk about Bad Batch Season 1's Episode 13 and 14, Infested in War Mantle. Uh, we are continuing our catch-up after our break during July, and so we're going to tackle these two episodes together, even though they have nothing to do with each other. But that's okay. Uh, but I think, you know, somehow, as usual,
1: before we jump in here, we've got a couple of announcements. Tom, did you want to talk us through those? Uh, sure. A uh, couple of them. Well, we first off, There's going to be a new show coming to Disney Plus. It's called Lego Star Wars: Terrifying Tales. It will release October 1st. The only thing that you see is a poster that was released with a hand and a red, well, a Lego hand and a red lightsaber coming out of the ground. Um, So look for that coming to Disney Plus soon. Um, And then Bad Batch has been renewed for a second season. It's going to return next year in 2022. So look forward to yeah uh, very. Well, we're, we're sitting here in the last episode, going, "Hey, is this going to be picked up or not?" And right before the first of the two-part final season episode, that's when they made the announcement that it will return next year in 2022.
0: I am so glad, and also, way to bury the lead, Tom. Talk about leading with the uh, Lego Star Wars. Oh, I do love me some Lego Star Wars.
1: Well, but, uh, but there's a, there's another <laughs> announcement that you kind of no, buried no, 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 buried no, no, no. completely that we're going to get to, but. I thought the Lego Star Wars one was a little bit more fun because oh, that yeah. actually was that was actually said first before the actual release. It was, it of was, yeah. And we're catching
0: yeah. up a little bit, but no, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm very, very excited that Bad Batch is coming back for season two, for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like uh, you know, the show has just been so awesome, and I'm, I'm so mm-hmm. glad it's getting a second season. Uh, and we didn't really know, right? They didn't announce, they hadn't announced uh, whether they were going to get a second season there was a big open question. Is this going to be more like a lot of the other Disney plus Marvel shows where it's, you know, a one season special event type thing. And that's, that's all you get. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially in this era, you don't really know how long the show could go for. So I'm so glad though. It's not going to be a one season show. Uh, we're getting a second season and I think it actually works better than it makes you feel a little better because, Uh, as awesome as the season has been, I feel like it's lost. It hasn't, doesn't have quite the momentum it needs going into a series finale, but for a season finale, I think we're, it's in good shape. And so, Oh, I I
1: totally agree with that.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they wrap up this season versus Mm -hmm. leave for next season. And we've got some fun episodes to talk about.
1: It's the wrap up. That's going to kick off what the storyline is going to be for next season. And they didn't say if it's going to be the early part of 2022 or the latter part of 2022. And if you think about it, would you imagine it could be the latter part of 2022? Because what actually is going to be happening in the mid to early part of 2022? Hmm? I think in May of next year. Celebration. Okay, I was
3: like I. I think that's celebration, Tom, but yep. I don't have a yeah. calendar
0: in front of me. I mean, I, I yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a similar air date, you know, like starting around in around May ish for season two. And maybe they're they're looking at the summer as being summer's Star Wars animation right now, and mm-hmm. then the the fall and is like the big uh the big show in this case. The book of Boba Fett, and then of course once we get you know Andor, once we get uh, these Kenobi, these other series coming in, you know we'll fill out the rest of the year too. But they seem to they seem to like doing like the you know uh, late the spring summer time frame for animation, like they did with Clone Clone Wars last year. I think it works well, you Absolutely. know. Uh, so I am yeah. very excited. The team gets to. Uh, continue this. I don't. I have to imagine they. They probably knew this, right? They. I'm sure the team well, has to. known because they. They work on these so long and so far in advance. Hmm. So, Same
1: i way. I would imagine. I would imagine right now they probably have gone through a few scripts already that may have gone into storyboard that could possibly be going into animation because of the lead time for it. So, I would imagine they're pretty kind of in in production for 2022 already yeah
2: yeah
0: well uh i i'm excited and this means we get a lot more of the bad batch and it's just been such a wonderful show so yeah, excited to see um where they take things next mm-hmm. but we've got some fun episodes oh oh we got we have oh, one more big wait, wait, thing. Wait,
1: there's there's one more one more big thing how can we forget one more do, do you want to say it or I want to say it? Tom, or you Steven, take it. How about you take it?
3: <laughs> oh, you just I threw it to you, and I are it back to me. Well uh, yeah, we we finally got news on the Star Wars is it the Galactic Cruiser Hotel? I forget Galactic the Galactic Star Cruiser, the, I think, right? Galactic Star Cruiser, the hotel. Uh it's officially a long opening name. officially opening in twenty twenty two. And uh prices are now online and look at your own uh <laughs> <laughs> own risk, to say uh, the look least,
1: and and be prepared to open your pocketbook, people.
3: Yeah, it uh, is, but it's super exciting. I'm yeah. I'm excited to see other people go through it and see the reviews, so that I can decide if I need to save up for a couple of years
0: for it. <laughs> you know, I I suspect I suspect we'll end up we'll end up going, but oh yeah, it is. It is pricey. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's a little, little sticker shock looking at those prices. Even though we knew it would be expensive, you know, I think it's yeah. What uh, for two? If you have a just two people in a room, you know, uh, two adults, two adults, lowest room, the basic cabin oh. for the two nights. It's a two night stay. Is do you guys remember? I'm I'm trying to actually pull 40, it up. Forty-eight hundred. Forty-eight hundred. Four thousand eight hundred dollars. Does include food and drink, but That's it's true, not and, 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 and access to the parks. Well, no access. the parks. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Galaxy's <laughs> Edge specifically. Yeah.
3: Yes.
1: It's... Yeah.
3: No, William, they're not going to give you access to the whole park for four thousand eight hundred dollars. Oh, that would be absurd.
1: Not. No, 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 no. But it, but it's it it gives you access to the park plus plus you do get food and beverage mm-hmm. at Batu, so it does include that as well. So not just on the cruiser. But you'll get the food there at Batu as well, right? Wherever you and, want to eat,
0: and you know there's a whole itinerary. They actually have a sample itinerary that you can you can look at online, and, and really almost every minute's planned out. I think the yeah the morning of the first day, uh, sorry, that's the second day. Basically, it's like you check in the afternoon. The morning of the second day is is when you go to the park first thing in the morning. Um, and then you kind of spend the rest of the day back on the ship again. But like, there's there's shows, there's events, there's food, there's uh, you know all sorts of all sorts of experiences. I think that you'll have. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I've seen some people comparing this rightly so to like Westworld in many ways. Right, you're in the Star Wars galaxy. You're encouraged to wear a costume. Surprisingly, costumes are not included in in that rate. Uh, it's not, right. It's not as far as not included. You're going to bring your own costume. But uh, yeah. It while it's expensive, there is a lot of stuff included and it does sound mm-hmm. like a very unique experience. Probably one you'll right. only do once in your life, uh unless you're, you know, uh just rolling in, in dough, but rolling in uh, money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and one and one thing that I guess people have been tweeting uh the Walt Disney Company about, there is no pool on this ship.
0: <laughs> yeah. People
1: have asked, which I find very funny. Come on, who flies on a
0: spaceship with a pool?
1: I, I don't hey look if I understand correctly the Russian submarine the the big old typhoons had a pool inside. That's I will look that up That's or if you want to look that up. Yeah, but and anyway, you know we got to we got to get fair, on the Like if
0: if you are going with a friend you know some friends and you you split the room I think the four kit guest per cabin is like seven fifty per yeah I'm sorry no sorry it's seven fifty per night per guest so it's about fifteen hundred per guest which isn't Horrible for that experience. I guess the one downside is it's three adults and one child. So who knows if you get four adults in the room? Probably not. Um, so it might be a well, little bit, that, a little bit. Pricier, but because
1: my son's going to want to go and he's not a child anymore.
0: Yeah. But um. anyway, it, it, it looks, uh it looks very cool. It looks yeah.
1: very cool. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, Steven. I am looking forward to hearing the people who experience it. What they're going to think about it, and and hear their reactions to it. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, William, do you want to tell us about the first episode we're reviewing
0: today? Yes, we're we're changing everything up. Uh, this yes, yeah, so this... I'm just at this one. I'm doing it just for the chaos. So <laughs> exactly, go for it, William. Exactly. Um, the uh, this week we're reviewing two episodes, but we're going to start with the Bad Batch season one episode thirteen infested it was written by Saul Ruiz uh, directed by Saul Ruiz my apologies and written by Amanda Rose Munoz uh, and in this episode to save a friend the batch plot a mission to sabotage a gangster's operation so yeah so this episode kind of takes us back we get some more Sid time um, and
1: well, you, you can never get enough Sid.
0: Sid is awesome and real Pumpkin just yeah. does a phenomenal yeah. job voicing her and yeah. um, yeah, and we, we really get to we kinda see some of the uh the the more not the main plots, but some of the maybe the C plots kind of coming together in this episode in, in some ways when uh Roland Durand, the Deveronian crime lord, who's trying to um kinda trying to make a name for himself in the galaxy. He's the son of uh this, this never before heard of uh, big crime boss, Issa Durand. Um, and, and you, know, so you don't know
3: Issa, the huge character. So showed <laughs> yeah, up so many times, Exactly,
0: but he's, wow. you know, his mom's big and he's Roland's trying to make a name for himself. Um, and so, you know, he, he's the one who comes in. He, he basically ousts Sid from her parlor, takes everything over. She's kind of out at that point. Um, and 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 helpless and he tries to make a deal with the pikes which as we know isn't always the best decision
1: no but it is cool to see the pikes i mean that is from the character design and just who they are they are probably one of the best let's say gangsters within the star wars universe
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because because even when you see them you get this feeling you do not want to mess with them
0: Oh, no, not not at all. Like, you don't yeah. mess with the bikes. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and you also have to say, when Roland took over Sid's bar, there was a little bit more action going on in there because there was a lot more people in there. So why was he able to make that bar just a little bit more successful than Sid?
0: I actually, Think about it. I liked how the they did it. Secret ingredient too. is crime, right. maybe. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. possible. That's possible. I liked how they introduced it to where you know the batch don't really know what's going on. They just arrive back on Ord Mantel. They're they walk into the in Sid's parlor and all of a sudden everything's busy. There's more than just bolo and Ketch hanging out there, and everyone's like, wait, what is going on? And then of course you find out Sid's, she's not there. She's out, Roland's in. And um, yeah, well, I,
3: I got to say when Roland's like, you know, Sid, she's out right. Now. I'm like, oh, man, Sid's dead. Yeah. Or she's in prison. But no, apparently she's for like he's got a lot of uh, learning to do, I expect, from his crime boss of a uh, family. Because, like, you don't let your you, know, you don't piss someone off and then just like, oh, go. You can leave now. Go ahead and plot how you're going to take your revenge on me.
1: Mm hmm. Well, he's, he's a newbie to this. He's trying to get himself higher into the underworld. So, you know, it, it's it's maybe first time, second time, second time, big time crime that he was trying to do. It also appears that he learned his lesson to never deal with the Pikes. You, you, you don't know.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing I thought was interesting, the there's been this question about who the Batch have been working for throughout this whole who's been who's been who's who's sid's contact right because they're Mm -hmm. they're sent on all these missions and maybe it's one person maybe it's multiple we don't really know but uh we actually find out that roland has ruby the the creature they read the bad batch rescued in episode seven battle scars um do you think so i start to wonder like you know, we we've now seen. In theory, I think the job was for Roland. That's what it sounds like. That's what I that's why that's what I took away from this. This at least one of the jobs the batch did was for for Roland Durand uh, to to go and acquire Ruby.
1: I never do, thought of it that way.
0: Do you think he's been behind? Like, do you think this is the answer we're going to get? Like, he's the one who's behind everything, and that's it. Or do do you think we'll 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 get more of this at some point? <laughs> I feel like they this, haven't this, really this answered. Is, it yet. Yeah. This
3: is all we're gonna get. And it, yep. let me know. I, the War Mantle, the episode we're reviewing next. That's the farthest I've watched so far. Um, so I'm still behind. So maybe there's more that's coming, like next episode, and I'm just gonna be completely surprised by it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so.
0: Just it, I mean, yeah. Just I mean, just looking at the number of episodes we have left, there's War right. Mantle and two more in right. the season. I don't think they'll have much time to address it. And so this may be the answer. is like, yeah, they've been working for Roland the whole time. Or maybe the point of the show is just, well, you don't really know who you're working for. And one of those people happened to be this bad guy, Roland Durand, who's now come after
1: them. Okay, so, but but here's a question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this. Do we need to know who they're actually working for when it comes to something like this? Because maybe Roland could have had like one or two missions, but not... Sid appears to be somebody who would work with anybody who's going to pay her. I don't think she would just be working for Roland.
0: I would say no, except that they've asked the question too prominently too many times to Mm. not have it come up later.
1: But, but it would, it would, it would kind of be answered in this episode because Sid, Sid probably had the perfect opportunity to say, he's the one I've been working for. And now I'm going to get back at him by stealing the spice that he stole for the pikes.
3: It, I wonder if maybe Sid's actually working for Issa Duran, Roland's mother, Mm. as part of maybe that broader kind of crime syndicate or agency. And this is just, you know, Roland rolls in on slightly intended, Mm. uh, messes things up royally. And maybe that's something we'll see in next season where we've got Sid who is, hey, I've been a loyal, you know, Participant of whatever the name of like Issa's crime gang is mm-hmm. for years now. You the let Durant your son the come in and run me over.
1: I maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that. That's a that's a that, that's interesting. It's an interesting theory to see what's going to be taking place next season. We'll probably get, like I said, toward the end of this, we'll get some kind of idea of where it's going to go. But for this one, I gotta say, for this one though, when it came to. The feel of the episode, it did have a really good kind of Indiana Jones, scary type feel to it, which that's something that they haven't done in a while when it came because they did that in the Clone Wars where they took all these different styles and melded it. And in this one, you know, it was it was also had the scary horror aspect to it. So it it worked on all three of those levels.
3: Yeah, it's a very uh, straightforward episode. Like, yeah. Sid... Roland takes over Sid's bar, wants revenge, badge is hired to steal the spice, they steal the spice, the pikes show up and are angry, they retrieve the spice, everyone's happy, the episode's over.
1: Right. And then in the middle of it is the stuff they had to conquer by way of when they stole the spice right from under Roland, which literally, under Roland, because there are caves underneath Ord that had these creatures. Hang uh, on. So now... You mentioned the caves. Now I right. need to go into
3: my confusing thing for the episode. Okay, go ahead. So, they're at their ship. They need to get to the spice and get to the, sorry, get to the caves that are un, run underneath the city, right? We they go and do that. They steal the spice, they leave some of the spice drops, you know, in a cavern, etc. When they go back to get it, they get in their ship. They leave the city fly outside the city to like a giant hole in the ground, drop straight down, grab the spice, and then are good to go.
1: I see where so you're coming is, from.
3: Is, what is the, like, in my mind, the path was, oh, there are caves underneath the hangar bay, underneath the city, and they use that to go from point A to point B, basically in the sewers. Right. But apparently the mine tunnels go from the city all the way out to the mount like mountain ranges, and then back underneath the city? That seems a little bit
1: odd, right? Now that you bring it up, I agree. It's I, I almost had like this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I, yeah. I I would put it to let's say because the the mining cars that they use, which were actually pretty cool because it did feel Indiana Jones, they were on tracks. So maybe because the way the train track was set up, that they had to take like track, you know, five seventy-nine and then take that to track six, you know, five And then once you get to six oh five, they had to come back on the four oh five and in that one little transition it happened to be that that tunnel that they they rappelled down from the surface, and then from the four hundred five, they had to take the off ramp to Sid's office. <laughs> <That> <laughs> I have to entirely entirely too
3: complicated, but <laughs> I'm just going to go with uh, it didn't make sense.
1: <laughs> but it, it made you have to admit it made for a great chase scene, really.
3: I, that is true. I liked. I actually really liked the design of the carts with the, mm-hmm. like the manual hand cart kind of feel mm-hmm. at the top yep. with the mo- like. Motorboat kind of handle in the back uh, as Roland's men were chasing them on the way back. Yeah. Um, and the the though though like, were, were they bugs? Mm-hmm. Were they bats? You know, you never actually get a good view of them.
0: Right. But they, they, I, I thought at were first I thought like, are they a Genosians at first or something? You know, I, they have that Genosian type of, of like. feel until they, we saw more of them. This, I'm like talking very early on in the episode. Um, right. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, they were they were cool, um, and, and they definitely added a lot of uh, suspense to the episode mm-hmm. where they have to go through the hive to get the spice, and then they get the spice, and they have to go back, and then of course there's a the chase sequence, and they lose the spice, and they have to go back again <laughs> to, to get everything. Um, and, and the
1: biggest thing, the biggest thing is they had to make sure they didn't disturb the hive, right, hive.
0: right, with sound, yeah, yeah. and I think. I liked it. My, my, my own personal feelings as this always is, you know, uh, I thought the first time or two was, was interesting by the time they were going back the third time. I was like, okay, I get it. I feel like we've kind of just gone back to the well too many times. Mm -hmm, Um, Started to get a little bit old. Um, Yeah. But it was a cool concept and it was, I liked how they had this, the suspense and the, the lighting in the caverns was, was fantastic. uh, Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and it also did a good job setting up because when when basically the Pikes figured out Roland didn't have the spice, Sid was one that sat there and negotiated that, you know, we're going to go get the spice for you. But the Pikes had to say, OK, we trust I, you. But Omega had to stay. I did not buy this scene. You didn't buy that? Well, OK, why? So I just I did not buy that Hunter
3: would be OK leaving Omega with the Pikes. But he, has, but you, he, has barely, he has barely any attachment to Sid. Like all they need to do is leave, get in their ship, and not come back to order Mantel. I
0: I think the problem, my I, what I suspect is he knew you if you 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 anger the Pikes, they will come after you forever. And I don't That's think he a liked lot to
3: assume for like because the ba- the batch don't know a lot of things still at this point about how the galaxy works. That's that true, but
0: but Sid did try to tell him a little yeah. bit in there, and yeah. I think. I don't know. I, I suspect he realized I don't like having to leave Omega, but we're going to have to go do this mm. anyway, and, and then come back and get it, her.
1: And I have to say, I thought it was a pretty, pretty nice little piece of animation where Sid kind of sat there, and Hunter had that look on his face, and she kind of did this thing where it's like, you know, a, a look or, or a hand gesture, like trust me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, and and that gets to a point to where you know, Hunter at some point. Understand that, that he is who he is, but he's got to learn to start trusting somebody else other than the clones. And this is probably a step forward for him to trust Sid. Hopefully, that's not going to bite him in the end. You know, we'll get a second yeah. season and see if that finds out. I mean, fifty-fifty. 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it is fifty-fifty, but you know, we'll we'll see how it all goes. But I thought that was I, I thought that was pretty interesting that Omega had to stay. But that did set up the, you know, Omega getting to know Roland just that little bit more that, yeah, he's he's trying to be a crime lord, but it appears he's not that bad of a guy. I
3: mean, in fairness, all we hear for that is Ruby likes Roland, therefore mm-hmm. can't be that bad. That's that's not exactly a ringing endorsement.
1: <laughs> no, that's that that's true.
3: Especially but. for an animal that hopped out of their owner's sight at the first sign of, like, popcorn
0: on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what what did you guys think of, of Roland Duran? Let's talk about... Thoughts on his character.
3: I thought he was fine, is I think what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's a little... There were a couple, little bit of, like, the... Oh, he's just the sun trying to find his place in the galaxy. Uh, But also he's uh, trying to be like a crime lord and that's, you know, not the nicest uh, position you could ever be in.
1: It's almost as if he's a kind hearted villain that really shouldn't be a villain. He's trying, but he really is out of his league and he shouldn't be this type of a villain that he thinks he wants to be. That's the feeling I get from it.
2: Yeah,
3: I, I thought it worked fine for this episode. Yeah. Um, it worked as a, like, we're going to play down the stakes a little bit here. Like, we're mm-hmm. inducing the pikes and a crime boss, but the pikes are super forgiving. And the crime boss is, you know, actually a kind of a good guy underneath it all, or maybe not just, maybe not a terrible person. So, like, I don't know. Honestly. I spent a while of the episode trying to remember like I remember there was a Deveronian like crime guy in Rebels <laughs>
0: Is that this guy? Like I don't think so.
1: I thought the same thing. For a brief I, moment I, I was like is that
0: the Oh no, it's not Visago. Never mind.
1: <laughs> well, but but
0: like a young Visago, but no, you know.
1: Right, but Visago now and Roland have the same thing, you know, in in um, the exact same thing between the two of them. One of their horns got yeah. damaged. Okay, we don't know what happened to Vizago for his horn, but because Roland and the pikes the way they are, even though they got their spice back, there still need to be a, a consequence on Roland for, number one, losing it. And two, they're the pikes. They, they have to get something out of it. So it ends basically with them just cutting off one of his horns. And I think he even basically says that it's a small price to pay you know, as he goes walking away with with um, with a little, little he's a little pet.
3: For me, this was one of those moments where I was like, I don't, I get why they're doing it, but I also don't know if I actually agree. Like Tom, you've done some bad things. Look, I'm I'm just gonna cut off your ear. It is an integral ah. part of who you are as a person, but. Oh, like sure it's a horn so it's maybe slightly different but like that's still mm-hmm. removing a a body part yeah yeah,
0: yeah also but, like go ahead i guess from roland's perspective now this is i'm trying to put myself in roland's shoes he like he didn't really do uh, he didn't do anything to the pikes sid did something to him and which you know right or wrong right he thinks we'll Sid, Sid stole the stuff from me. It's not my fault I lost the spice. Why are you cutting off my horn? I, I'm actually surprised he wasn't more upset or or still upset with Sid and mm-hmm. the Batch for get, yep. forcing him to have to lose a horn, even though it he like instigated it by taking over Sid's parlor. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised like he was just cool with them doing that, and I think it's part of that whole trying to make him a little more sympathetic, lessen the stakes a little bit, but
1: Mm -hmm. a bit odd. Well, maybe maybe it gets back to again that the crime Lord that he thinks he is, he really isn't. Mm -hmm. It's,
3: it's interesting because it, In a lot of ways, this episode reminded me of some of the older Clone Wars episodes, where Mm -hmm. it felt like they toned down some of the the drama for the sake of being like, "Oh, we're a children's television show on Cartoon Network," and that puts limits on where like what we can actually do. Um, As for even when Clone Wars was on Disney Plus, I'd say they were. I didn't see nearly as much of that, but this episode definitely felt like I. There was a more brutal version of this episode that existed that I think might have been more interesting, where the stakes were a little bit higher, the uh, and so on. But mm-hmm.
0: yeah, what and are you honestly, do? it to me it almost felt a little easy from from you know from beginning to end right they right Sid's mm-hmm. parley gets taken over but they're like hey there's a secret tunnel into Sid's office and I can steal some some spice from Roland as long as Roland doesn't know we stole the spice then uh the pikes will get mad at him he won't have anyone to blame he's in trouble we're back in business yay and so they they take the tunnel and they kind of you know silently go through the tunnel and they make it okay and then they they take the spice and they would have been gotten back okay had Roland not figured out the plan and started following him. And, oh no, they lost all the spice. And now, you know, Omega is captured. But wait, there's a secret hole in the top. And we can just rappel right down and pick up the canisters of spice. And they're all together and everything's fine. They're still in their boxes. They didn't get damaged at all. Let's pick them up and take them right back to the pikes. And yay, everyone's happy. And Roland that lost is, a horn, it, but eh, okay.
1: And that's very true. They were still in their boxes. It just, the whole
0: thing felt very convenient and easy. In some ways. Yeah.
1: Well and, and also this gets back to we've seen episodes like this before in the Clone Wars. You get like this breather episode, mm-hmm. which that's how I literally feel this one is, before all heck starts hitting the fan.
2: Yeah. So I mean it's
3: it's a bottle episode. It I think they could have done more and it, it would be I'm interested to see if they end up doing more with like Issa Durand and Sid potentially in the future, but mm-hmm. I think this was their attempt to like kinda close out William, like you said, some of those kind of like C plots from that they'd raise like they'd raised the question, they felt like they needed to answer Mm -hmm. them therefore they went and did it. And I think they wanted to
0: show like give Sid an episode too, more where Sid's more involved, I think, than just the a little more personal for Sid. Um, so I suspect that's a lot of the reasoning behind behind it.
3: Yep. That's interesting. I don't think this episode worked that well as like a Sid episode. I mean, it was, she she did fine, but I, I think I'd want to see her outside of her comfort zone a little bit more in order to feel like, Oh yeah, that was like a really enjoyable Sid episode. Mm -hmm. Like this was kind of more the same, like Sid plots, she gets backstabbed, she backstabs them. And then, you know, we're done. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: I agree. Mm. Um, yeah, I, sure. I, are, are we about ready for ratings, Let's or is there anything that we may have missed? Let's
0: do the review. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I'll go first because I actually I, I i figured it out already. I'm giving this one a seven point five. I enjoyed the episode; it was good. Um, but again, it gets back to it's one of those episodes that basically it's your breather episode before it really starts kicking into high gear. Um, and I think I've said enough. The only thing I think is missing from, um, Sid's bar. She's got Bolo and catch, but she's missing that guy that was on that other show resistance that always sat at the bar with, with the glasses on his head and the mustache. He needs to be in this episode at that place.
0: Oh, your favorite guy, Tom.
1: I know my favorite guy that one of these (laughs) days, I keep saying I'm going to, I'm going to cosplay, but anyway, I'm giving the episode a 7.5 and my 7.5 Womp Rats. Well, the one thing in the episode we did not cover is when it comes to the earlings, they are very uh, light-sensitive. And in the episode, you saw Tech kind of work on that little light-sensitive bomb thingy-me-bobber because he had to drop it into the cavern to kind of get the the earlings off of Sid and they or pulling the spice up. So what you kind of missed was when Tech was building that little bomb thingy, it was actually the Womp Rats that threw it into the hole and it wasn't tech. Sadly, the 0.5 was the one that kind of went with the bomb. And, and that's why there's 7.5. It would have been eight, but that's why there's 7.5. So.
0: Well, I can go next. Um, I thought this episode was, was decent. You know, it was a, it was a fun Sid episode. We got to learn more about, um, I guess not really that much about her backstory, but I got to see you know a little more of the parlor in action and Bolo and Catch. Actually, I think got name dropped for the first time. We've known their names based on the credits, but they've never actually been mentioned before. Um, you know, it, we got to see meet this new gangster. I, I think it was fine. There was some nice you know tension and suspense uh, as they were going into the uh, the space to go steal the the spice, but. Um, overall I thought it was, it's, it, we, I, when we look back, I don't think this will be one of my, the, the standout episodes for me. Yep. Um, that visually was gorgeous, uh, and the sound design was fantastic. Um, so yeah, overall I think I'm going to give it, um, six and a half Womp Rats out of 10 and my, my six and a half Womp Rats, uh, they're actually in the tunnels. They use the Womp Rats to. Uh, they put little lights on the womperats heads and they send the womperats out into the tunnels below, uh, to, to try to keep those, um, earlings at bay.
2: Very
3: nice. Okay. Well, Steven, guess, you're up. Yeah. So I, I think I'm about to give this episode a six and a half out of 10. Um, it's a perfectly serviceable episode there's nothing i can point to that's like oh this made this a bad episode but i'd say conversely there wasn't anything that made me go like oh wow this was a really amazing episode honestly i think the the thing that most impressed me is just the lighting for it was really really cool um it looked really impressive and really made the kind of caverns feel pretty unique But I think I just wanted to see a little bit more oomph or interest in order to kind of really propel the episode forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think it adds some interesting elements like Issa Durand and kind of another crime boss that maybe we'll get to see more of, I don't know, more of this type of world uh, in the next season. Um, But as far as, you know, this episode went, it it was fine. But it it wasn't, you know, anything hugely special. and then uh, with my Womp Rats, uh, so we, we you know, the Earlings were the creatures that were kind of down below. But we actually never really got to see, really see them very well, I feel. Um, you know, they were always very blurry and there were lots of them. And it turns out all the Earlings, they're just Womp Rats and they just kind of were <laughs> flapping their arms and had some like duct tape under their arms to make the wings.
2: Flying um, Womp Rats.
3: You would never have known if you didn't like stop and pause the episode to take a very close look at them. But yeah, the, they, those were all Womp Rats. They're, in fact, there are six and a half of them ah. that fell apart slightly at the end. That's fine. It's good enough,
0: right? I love it. I love it. That works. Well, Steven. while we're changing things up, Episode
1: 14, then? Uh, why not? Um, S- since, uh, since we're changing can, things can, up,
0: Stephen, do you want to intro this? Oh, my good goodness. One. I don't, I don't <laughs> Intro and
3: episode, William, how, I I don't even know how to do this. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to think of funny ways to go through it, but I'm just going to go through it normally because that's the easiest way. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, season one, episode 14 of The Bad Batch, titled War Mantle. Definitely kind of the beginning, I'd say, of the end of the season. Uh, directed by Stuart Lee and written by Damani Johnson. The synopsis, after receiving a mysterious discerning. Wow, I cannot talk. This is so weird. After receiving a mysterious distress call, the Batch tracks it to a secret facility. There we go. But yeah, the episode kind of opens up. We are on an unknown planet that we'll later come to learn is called Daro. And we've got a, looks like a rogue clone trooper on the run. They're running through a forest chased by other clone troopers, it looks like. They're being chased by, like, these tracking dogs or reptiles. It's kind of hard to tell. Um... Definitely a a unique opening, I'd say, for the Bad Batch.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It it kind of puts everybody in suspense of who's being chased and why. And it also kicks it off to where, when we get to um, the ship, that we get to see uh, Rex again. But this time it's on a hologram, because it looks like that there is a clone that's been captured that uh, the Bad Batch has been requested to go retrieve. Yeah. Before...
3: Before we dive into Rex, I just wanted to one thing I loved about that shot on the ship. There's, mm. when we first cut to the ship, Hunter is doing a little like knife twirling thing around his fingers, and there's a yep. shot of Omega being super jealous trying to do the same thing. And I just, yep. William, I don't know if, Tom, your schooling experience is a little bit farther back than William's and mine is. No offense, but you're, you know. Oh, God, dude. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but I, William, I don't know if you had the same experience, but like, I, I could never figure out how like how to do the pen twirl thing that all the cool kids could do. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, and, definitely not. Oh jeez.
3: <laughs> and I was I I just really appreciate that moment of him being like I can do this. Nope. how how does he do it? That's yeah, a good moment. I,
1: I control I can drumsticks. So oh, see, okay,
3: so Tom was the cool kid. You were there you were go. that kid. Well, Tom. Kind of
1: sorta. I I, <laughs> I was the band guy. You know, so it, it it's half dozen one or another.
0: Oh uh, nice, yeah no I I. I it's those little moments that I think that are, that make the bad batch so special. Right. And, and mm-hmm. the little bits of animation, they add the lighting details, the sound details that sometimes you don't even notice, but it just makes the show yeah. feel so alive and so, um so detailed. And I just think that Lucasfilm animation does a phenomenal job of, of this type of thing.
3: Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Batch get a call from Rex, and we'll, we'll talk about what was going on in a moment, but I'm – first we get Rex in a new outfit of some kind. He's got like a, a very flowy robe, kind of like he's undercover maybe.
1: It's almost like a one robe when you look at it. Yeah.
3: I am super curious to know what is going on there. Like he he gives the Batch the mission, and then he has to, he has to even cut away because something is going on that needs his attention.
0: Well, what do you
1: guys think he's doing? Well, that, that's the thing. Did it need his attention, or was he basically being followed and he had to get away? That's i. It, it's it's a half a dozen one or another on how you read what Rex was quote unquote going through when he handed off the assignment to the badge.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm very very curious if we'll get more of that, like this, because it's got to be something related to like Ahsoka and Rex and what they were doing leading into Rebels, right? Right. Maybe.
1: It could also be trying to track down other wayward clones i mean we end up finding out who this clone in, uh, is and then going forward in the second season who knows what's going to happen when it comes to rex and the batch so yeah.
0: i suspect i suspect like this is rex it's this isn't really rex's story he's just he's He's made in a couple of cameos in it, but we probably won't get that much of a, a look at Rex, at least this season. Maybe next season we'll get more info. I hope we do. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very curious. Like, what the heck is Rex up to right now?
3: So after Rex gives them the mission, the batch have to discuss and whether or not they want to do this because they're apparently on a job for Sid. And I just want to say, I also love how easily a wrecker is convinced by every single argument. Tech's, tech is like, you know... It's not our job. We need food. And Rex is like, that's a good point. And Omega says something like, you know, but we got to help people. And Rex is like, that is also a good point. Mm -hmm. He just just is so ready to please just about everybody.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's always Hunter that's like, he had the question on if they should do it. But you got to give Echo some props because Echo is like, you know what? I know Rex. And if Rex needs us to do this, I trust him.
0: Mm -hmm. I appreciate At least it was Echo this time making the case. Hunter was still kind of against it then and and even throughout the episode is uh, you know has some doubts like oh maybe we should head back maybe we should head back you know forget it cancel the mission whatever um i don't know well, it, it is a little it is a little i think we talked about this two episodes or last last week in our review how it just seems like they're they're oftentimes doing the same thing over and over of like Oh, no, we shouldn't go do this, but we really should. Okay, let's go do it. Mm-hmm. You it, know, and so there's, there's still an aspect of... to that, but it was, at least it wasn't Omega this time. I don't know. Right. Steven? No, it, I was going to say, it
3: still was Omega. Omega does say, it, but like, uh, it's, it's, true. it's someone's in help. We need to help. And record Hunter, sorry, excuse me.
1: Hunter is always like, oh, that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> uh, do, do you guys get the feeling that when it comes to the dynamics within this group, that Hunter is the the quasi quasi father
0: oh 100% and he's 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 the yeah. leader yes yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's he's in charge and, of the squad and
1: it, yeah and and it's like it, it's a father who's got a daughter who has absolutely no idea how to handle
3: her yeah very much so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Yeah so they they land on the planet daro on the on the trail for uh the rogue clone um they immediately find the like beacon that he uh the clone had placed and I mean, I did laugh a little bit where, like, they're they're looking for the clone. He's not there. And Hunter, like, reaches down picks up, like, a blade of grass or, like, yeah. a piece of wood. And he's like, he's been captured. He went that way. He was in cuffs. He was dragged.
2: I, a I shovel guess, landed
3: here. Hun- hunting is his thing. But it, <laughs> yeah. I think it's especially because, like, when you're in a non-animated show, you can show, like, oh, there's the footprint on the ground. Or there's the drag marks. Animation doesn't tend to have quite that level of detail. So there's...
0: It looks it's, like he just picks up a leaf and knew everything. Yeah, like I,
3: I know exactly what has happened here. <laughs> yeah. Like he had peanuts for
0: breakfast and <laughs> uh but I think this is where in in for me personally, the episode starts to get really, really, really awesome, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And we, we had a feeling it was, I had a feeling it was gonna be pretty good just based on the name war mantle. Um but you know, as they start to make their way, they they find this this giant base built into the mountain, and as I was, oh, sorry, sorry,
3: I loved how that base looked as well. Like it, yep. it kind of reminded me of Uda with the kind of like sinkhole style. But it also, I feel like it was one of the first bases or things we've seen in this time period has that very distinctive imperial look. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Especially absolutely, the like corridors yeah.
0: straight yeah. out of like the Death Storm, Yes, you know? and it it, it was. It wasn't just the corridors; it was the music, right? They had the going to say the the music was classic. You know, original trilogy, Imperial base the 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 forest really reminded me of Endor in many ways. Kind of, you know, Endor ish. Yeah. Not not as big of trees and everything. A very different feeling. It didn't look like didn't look like Endor, but I feel like we haven't had as many of those deep in the forest settings as of late. Like we tend to do a lot of like. Um, there's only so many different types of environments you can have and we tend to do a lot of Mm -hmm. snow or a lot of um, sand. Desert is a very common one in Star Wars Um, but it's Mm -hmm. nice to see another forest and I really just loved everything about the look of Darrow and the more you go into the episode the more of those Imperial references just start to you know hit you and And this feels like this is I would say the turning point. Everything else up until this point has been laying the groundwork for the empire uh, as far yeah. as like the transition from the clone troopers to the Stormtroopers, But this right. is, this is it.
1: Well, but, but it's even, it's even stated. Mm-hmm. I think it's in this episode yeah. Yeah. that we're, we're going to get there. The, the trooper that they're going after happens to be Gregor. Okay. Oh, yes. Because Gregor is the one that does say to a certain extent, the new Republic is no more. It's now the empire. And, and because now these, you know, they, they took 50 of the commandos from the clones and they're now doing TK troopers, which this is the first time you see them because they're they're not clones anymore. Mm-hmm. They're from, as Gregor tells, you know, um, um, Echo and Hunter, they're from all over the galaxy. They are now the replacements for the clones because they're an endless supply.
0: Yeah, and you just, yeah, there's really... so much to unpack in that. So, yeah, st- Steven. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean okay. we're,
1: I... we're going to go there, but Stephen goes. I...
0: I loved
3: that line. They're, you know, they're the replacements. They're not as skilled, but there's endless supply. Right. The the description for the Empire in a nutshell. Right. And we see that throughout the episode as they break Gregor out and run. Like, the TK Troopers, and I, can, can I call them Stormtroopers? I wanted to call them Stormtroopers. I think we can. Stormtroopers. Well, okay. I, yeah. Go
1: we'll through, talk okay. about
3: them. Okay. So I'm going to call them Stormtroopers. But they, you can tell they're not nearly as good. Yeah. Uh, well, they are go, go missing. Ahead, no. They miss a lot more. Their tactics are worse, um, mm-hmm. noticeably so. Right. But it was so cool to like. We're seeing that transition. We're seeing how mm-hmm. that that comes about. And Tom, you glossed over this, but the fact that we got to see the Commandos again is amazing. Yeah. Yes. All the Commando yeah, but, remains but an amazing game.
1: And and you're missing you're missing one line that Gregor did say about the TKS. They didn't train. They didn't train them with everything the clones knew. Now, I, I kind of went a little bit longer. It, but Gregor's it like, we didn't, said we didn't tell them everything.
3: If, I don't know if all of the clones were doing that. Most of the other commandos seem to have no compunction mm-hmm. about training their replacements.
1: But, okay. Well, yeah. then it maybe just have been Gregor with his. But he did say that we didn't tell him everything. True.
0: Right. So. Well, you know, it, it makes sense. They also, they're also still in training, right? The, this right. is... From what we can tell, Daro, and maybe there's other bases around the galaxy, but Daro seems to be kind of ground zero for Project War Mantle, or the creation mm-hmm. of the the stormtrooper armor, or, or the uh, army, or the the TK troopers. Which, by the way, I love they call it, that they call them TK troopers as well. Like we we know, obviously, they're we hear you know it's you know TK forty one and a New Hope and everything, but uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's a nice parallel just to have them calling it. TK Troopers instead of like Stormtroopers, because the name probably hasn't, you know, the name hasn't really been out there yet in the galaxy, but TK is the, is the beginning of their identifier and the clones were all CT for clone trooper. And so it makes sense. They called these guys instead of CTs, TKs. Um, Right. And And I just love it. And, and the, the armor, right. We start to see they all have brand new armor and it's not standard Stormtrooper armor. It's, Armor based on Ralph McQuarrie's original concept art for Stormtroopers. I, yeah,
3: I do love, and I, I'm trying to think if we've saw this in Clone Wars or Rebels before, but I think this is the first time we've had an actual generation of armor introduced in an animated show. We've seen we've variations, seen variants, but yeah, like, but not a like. This is a genuine like. This is what these troopers will wear. I assume for the next. What ten years probably before they moved over me, to full Stormtrooper armor? Me, like, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not ten years, but, but a couple
0: years probably. Yeah, for a couple. It's years.
3: significant. It's yeah. it's huge, and it's and the fact that of course it's based off Ralph McQuarrie's work just makes it all the better. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I do think it's kind of funny that the, you know, in the span of like three years they went through three generations of clone trooper armor. I think mm-hmm. it was three, right? Wasn't it three three generations of clone trooper armor? Um, phase
3: one, phase. two. What
0: was phase two? I feel like there was three. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mistaken now. But then, and then of course, now they have the this Macquarie uh, armor for the stormtroopers, and then they finally land on the right stormtrooper armor, and they don't change anything until the first order comes. They're like, "This is good. <laughs> We're done. We don't need to change anything. It's the classic. We're good." Uh, but I, I joking aside, I I loved I loved seeing this. I really, really, really did. This is yeah. so cool.
1: Yeah, and And, and the other thing... uh
0: Uh-huh, Tom.
1: The the other thing that I liked was, here you have tech. Tech is like, great, we're in this Imperial... I'm sorry, we're in this, quote, he still thinks Republic-based, because, hey, I've been able to hack into this stuff before. I'm going to try and use a code from the Republic, and it ends up he triggers it, because the Republic's not anymore. Mm -hmm. They changed all the codes. It's now... And that's where I think the line came up from Gregor saying, it's now Imperial because the Republic's gone. So he triggers a code, letting them know that... You know, there's people in the base that aren't supposed to be there.
3: Right. I, and, and I will uh, say, I found that a little bit far-fetched, just in that, like, it's a really? lot of work to completely change over codes and all of the rules and regulations for things. But it's true. One but base.
0: They, but they also, Stephen, they also changed out the armor. They also changed out all the the, the personnel. Uh, they, they uh, armor
3: <laughs> and, no, but armor and people that you replace over time. That's And that's, that's what true. we've been seeing. Yeah. Right. But, you but don't, also. You don't fix things that aren't technically broken.
1: But, but in this but, case, but in this case, yes. where this base was, yeah. we don't know how long that base has been active. Okay, True. We don't know that... It, there's a bunch of stuff about this we just don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, it does kind of make sense that if this is an isolated base that's away from what's going on within the Empire, they can be like, let's say, the seed that ends up going the rest of the way out into the Empire. So naturally, you're going to have to have a base of operation to change your codes, to change your armor, to train these new guys, to replace you know, what, what you had before because yeah. that's now gone. So yeah. to me, that did kind of make sense because now the bats has got to going forward. They really have a big learning curve going forward because everything they knew at this at this one point is technically gone.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm very interested to see. Too. We may not ever find out, but I... I would love to learn more about how the 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 clone commandos factor into this as well, right? Yep. Previously the Republic commandos. You know, are they do they have free reign or or, you know maybe they did maybe they changed the codes in the base because they don't want them to like they're 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 kind of instructors, but maybe they don't have free reign of the base as much anymore or full access to Mm -hmm. the systems and they kind of had to change the codes. I don't know. But that is the codes aside, the fact that they've brought in Fifty clone commandos. We we saw crosshair training the elite squad, right? And the elite squad right. they wore the 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 their ES troopers. They wore the clone armor, basically, but a, a darker black armor version, which is cool. Um, these TK troopers, they're effectively stormtroopers, and they're being trained by fifty clone commandos. And as we see later, one of those clone commandos is Scorch from Republic Commando, the game. Okay. Yep.
3: It's funny. Go ahead. He shows up very briefly when they're in the elevator. Like the Uh, door opens, Scorch is there leading a bunch of troopers. He shoots. There's a couple of shots exchanged, then it closed. I'm like, wow, what a great cameo. And then he, he comes back and there's an awesome fight sequence where he like leaps across a, uh, uh, I call it a gap Mm -hmm. and like scrambles around leaving his troopers behind. He's the Mm -hmm. only one that like takes multiple shots from the batch before finally going down. um, I, just, I want to see more Republic and, and they, stuff. They, they, and reminds...
0: no, they even brought back Scorch's DC blaster sound effect and everything. I, I, oh, I, 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 I didn't even. I, know it's it's all amazing. the little details. But that begs the question. Okay, if Scorch is there and he's the only one in yellow armor, which is right. a bit odd since everyone else is in like Stark white armor now. Um right. But if Scorch is there, who are the other forty nine clone commandos? Are they the rest of Delta Squad? Could it be Cal Scarada? Right. Good. Who else is here?
1: Okay, but but wait, but if it's if it's if it's Cal Scarada, remember, and and for those who there was a concept that was brought up by the Karen Travis Republic uh, Republic Commando novels. So Cal Scarada was the leader of the Nulls or the first trainer of the Nulls, uh, which you could call them the Bad Batch in in that uh, Karen Travis uh, Republic Commando series. But if the Republic Commandos are clones, Scarada wouldn't be part of it because. He was just basically a Mandalorian. He was just a regular Mandalorian,
0: like. Okay, that's true. Django Fett. Well,
1: that, no, that's, not Jango Fett, because Jango Fett technically—that's uh, true. Because it, he wasn't actually a clone There's
0: commando. So I'm, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But
1: yeah, he was I, just a trainer. He I
0: don't think
3: Skarsgård would be here. I do no. find it. I think this is meant to be. You know, there there probably aren't that many commandos. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the other commandos are there, either Delta Squad or the other squad whose name I'm forgetting that we saw in Clone Wars.
1: Yeah. Um. But oh, it just so happened. Let's just call them Rain. The Rain because Squad. Remember, <laughs> rain yeah. Squad. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that great? Rain that we saw.
0: No, but uh, like I we're never gonna get an answer in this show. I don't think we're never gonna the Bad Batch is never gonna show us. But I would love to see no. in some other form of medium now, like learn more about this. I ha- I can imagine like a book coming out in the future that talks more about this. And now that they've shown it in in the Bad Batch mm-hmm. and finding out like yeah, who? I wonder who the these other commandos were on on Dara. Are there people we know? I'm sure they are. There's more than just Scorch. You know, I, I, would, I love I, Scorch from Republic Commando, so I was so excited to see him. But there's got to be others.
1: I, I would say yeah. read the Karen Travis books. Sorry.
0: Well, no, I I, I agree. No, no, I mean, those are no I, I, longer I canon. I'm, I'm those are there, great yeah, books, especially the early ones. Yeah. Are are like the the first Karen Travis novel is just fantastic. I love that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's Triple some debate about the later idea. about some choices in the later ones, but, um, but you know, it, the fact that it was at least inspired by the Republic commando novels, right. um, is, is really cool. And they actually explicitly mentioned that in the episode guide, that, like this concept came out of the Republic commando books.
1: Okay. So, so getting into the fight scene that was going on, did it still surprise you that the batch was using their stun blasters on the stormtroopers?
3: I, Tom, that's exactly what I want to talk about because it's it's fascinating to see Hunter and the others They're Like, even while the commandos and the other TK troopers are blasting at them with normal, I assume, blaster shots, Mm -hmm. but Batch is still using stun blasts. And we've seen this throughout the season where they're they're not yet convinced, I think, that the Empire is evil, just that they're being hunted. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hurt their former team. But as like we're starting to see this change, I think, where the TKs aren't actually their team. Mm-hmm.
0: They're not they their aren't brothers. Soldiers yeah. they served with. Yeah.
3: Um and it's funny because I'm watching the episode and I'm wondering about this. And then we get to the shot where you know they're up against the the cliff edge, and then Wrecker shows up, and Wrecker does not have any compunction about using normal oh, blaster shots. Absolutely. He <laughs> takes <out laughs> absolutely commandos, he's taking out V Wings, he's going yeah. after everything. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I agree.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope, and maybe this is something we're gonna see in the coming couple of episodes, but I, I'm expecting to see the batch make a, a turn from we are trying to survive to no, we actually are fighting against the empire. Maybe in part just because the empire is after us. Right. But I, I think there's an element of it which is no, like the this the empire is bad.
1: Yeah. I, I think I think that's gonna have to be the case because for them to survive, they can't just keep stunning their enemies anymore.
0: And I think now that the with the TK troopers, I think they'll you'll start to see that change. I you could yeah. rationalize it and say in this case they're still kind of they haven't really fully processed it yet, right? And and it's still these guys in white armor, similar ish style, coming after them. You know, are they their brothers? Are they not? Uh, there's also the clone commandos there, but. Um, the as like they start to realize oh, the clones are gone, right? They're not, they're not there anymore. Maybe they will, um, they'll switch off of, off of stun. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think
1: they're going to have a choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's uh, so cool to see. Also yeah, another
3: sp- yeah. funny. Sorry. Go ahead. William.
0: Oh, I was going to say, speaking of though, um, clone commandos you mentioned Gregor but we haven't talked about how cool it is to see Gregor back
1: he's back but he's not as crazy as we've seen him in rebels he's a bit though kind of he no. He's no, no got, he's,
3: there's a little bit there for sure no
1: no, no 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 that's what I was getting at he's not full-on crazy that we see him in rebels he's he's kind of walking the edge because he's he does say because he does get get shot he goes, I've been blown up, you know, and he survived that. He got shot. Mm. It's like it's like the Monty Python thing. Oh, it's only a flesh wound, well, you know. He did get shot, you know, in in the armor. I'm so but... glad
0: he referenced the fact that he got he was blown up because if you think about yep. this chronologically, the last time we saw Gregor was in the Clone Wars, when he was blown up, seemingly sacrificed himself in this and died in a big explosion, and we haven't seen him again in any medium. Until now. And yes, he yep. shows up in Rebels again later on, but that's, you know, a decade and a half in the future. Right now, this is the first time we've had we've actually seen him and we actually know what's going on with him. And so I'm glad they they referenced that. actually, now that I think about it more, I wonder if that explosion damaged his inhibitor chip. Damaged his head and made him a little crazy and his inhibitor chip.
1: Interesting question because yeah. you could you could think about that when it comes to um, crosshair at a certain point but
0: yeah well because because Gregor is he, he is the one who wants to be who he wants to escape right he tried to escape um he tried to escape from Darrow and was caught and that's why Rex sends him sends in the batch to go rescue Gregor which is great because you know we see Rex and Gregor hanging out together as old guys in uh, uh, in, in rebels. Um, and I guess will Wolf show up <laughs> at this point probably um,
1: I think but, there's a good shot now that there's a second season right but he's yeah. he's
0: trying to escape everyone else is following orders presumably mm-hmm. my theory is his inhibitor chip was damaged and that gate let, allowed him to have that realization that oh my gosh this the Empire is they're not good I gotta get out of here right yeah
1: So the escape, let's talk about that because I think, Stephen, there was something you may have wanted to mention about that. Uh, Yeah, this is,
3: it's again, a very minor thing that I found really funny. They're in the control room. They're planning out how they're going to get out of the facility now that they've been cut off. And there's a vent above the computer and there's a shot where like tech throws a, uh, like a detonator on it and then it blows up and knocks the grate down. And it's, he throws the detonator on the middle of the grate, but when it blows up, it cuts out like a perfect circle around these the edge of the grate, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "Don't, don't think that's how that works." Well, I'm not an expert. Don't think that's how that works.
1: Well, the the one thing that I found funny is I I swear I thought I heard Tech say, "Well, we have to get out through the thermal exhaust port," and part of me wanted to have the response right below the main port, you know, because however wow. it came out, that's that's where my head went.
3: Oh, yeah. But I, I do love that we have this kind of, like, standoff on the edge of this thermal exhaust port where um, the Batch's shuttle is, like, you know, Omega and Wrecker piloting and trying to fly in and out um, as they're getting attacked. Um, I love that the, sh- the ship gets shot and its power drops, and Gonky gets to step in and save the day for once, uh, proving who the, hu- the true hero of the Bad Batch is. Um, and then we, we get to the end, and they're being chased off and Wrecker, or not Wreck, excuse me, Hunter doesn't make it. Like, he falls and they're, he's surrounded by troopers. The uh, batch of shuttle is being heavily chased. Were you guys surprised by this? I. It ends on a cliffhanger with Hunter yeah. captured.
0: This is the moment where I feel like, okay, the sh- season is picking up steam again, right? This whole yeah. episode, really, yeah. but I feel like for don't get me wrong, I I love I've loved the season, but you know we, the the series started with aftermath, order sixty six, huge big deal. Crosshair goes after um the, the bad batch like spit splits up. Crosshair goes after them right now. They're on the run, and you kind of make sense like they're on the run a little bit right. Um, and Crosshair won't find him immediately. And then we get into replacements and we start to learn about the elite squad and how the Empire is changing a little bit. And then we start to go into some other episodes where we get, you know, cornered, uh, right, where the Batch is trying to lay low. And then that takes us into Rampage with the the um, uh, the Rancor, right. And then we get a little bit back with with Crosshair again and decommissioned. Um, and, um, I'm sorry, no decommissioned was with the, how the, the separatists were, uh, separate the droid army was, was decommissioned, which was, which was awesome. Um, you know, and then we get the whole episode where they're trying to get the, uh, battle scars where they're getting, um, Ruby, right. We we talked about in the previous earlier in this episode with the last episode of the bad batch. Um, and then of course, you know, the, Crosshair's been kind of out of it for a while, right? But I feel like a lot of the momentum is more just the, the Bad Batch doing their missions now. They're awesome episodes, but the Bad Batch is just kind of doing their thing, and it's kind of unclear what happened to Crosshair um, in in many ways here, right? What, what's he What's he there, been doing? There's
3: a weird thing where he he says he is going to go and start you know start the hunt for the Bad Batch, and then he disappears, and he seems to only show up after he gets the call that Hunter's been captured right
0: exactly exactly right. right like he didn't he didn't really do much here right he spends uh. the whole season not doing anything right we, i thought he was already after the bad batch in many ways he kind of runs into him in reunion and bounty laws and it kind of gets he gets hurt again and then he kind of stops and then he gets permission two episodes ago okay okay let's go you can go after the batch again and then he doesn't and kind of sits around that nothing happens in infested at least. And in this episode, he runs into the batch only because the batch basically came to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But so I so I feel like a lot of the momentum was kind of was kind of lost midway through the season, right? Uh, there and they've been really good episodes, but a lot of that thrust of the main story was they are kind of focused on other parts of the galaxy. But with Hunter's capture, that instantly raises the stakes going into the last two episodes of the season, and it's yep. I, I feel like they've kind of regained some of that momentum. Again, which was has made me very, very happy.
1: But but the other part of the momentum you were mentioning that that is now kicking off with this episode, um, there's stuff happening on Camino to where, you know, you, you, you get you get um, Lama Su, basically like, look, you know, all the imperial contracts have been canceled. Okay, so let's take our scientists and get them off planet. And now we're starting to find out that the clones are starting to go off planet. And, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, and, you know, Rampart is a very, very, very interesting character. What do you guys think of him and his plans going on? Because now all this stuff is in motion. This, this go ahead. is
3: Everything coming to fruition. This is Camino is out of the running. Uh, I do really like Rampart's line where he's, after he's discovered that some of the scientists are leaving. Um, mm-hmm. I, what was the name? It's not Lamassu. Nalassay. Nalassay, thank yeah. you. Okay, thank I you. I love the line where he's looking at Nalassay. He's like, you know, you know, a scientist I have use for. A politician I do not. And then the troopers turn towards Lamassu and the doors close. Yeah. Is, is, so he is he Lamassu gone? dead?
0: I suspect so. I, oh, I suspect so, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Lamassu. I always liked him. he's gone yeah i mean oh boy it's yeah i things are not looking good yeah we are we are at the ending it
1: it, it's a it's a weird ending but it set up a pretty good cliffhanger you got for sure there's for sure there's all these there's all these threads at the end of this episode that they left you hanging for more Mm mm-hmm
0: Yep, and it's oh, it. I'm very, very excited to see how this this season. Not now, we can safely say not series. How this season yep. ends because they are rushing toward uh, the the finale now with this episode, and I just love getting to see this transition from the Republic to the Empire. It made War Mantle just so so perfect mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. It it really was. And, uh, it's just, it's great.
1: Yeah. We up for a good review on this one. Let's do it. Ratings? Okay. Hey, Steven, why
0: don't you go first on this uh, one? You would make me go first. Hey, you went last, last time. So, you know, it's, I know, it's only fair. Oh, he did? <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> so, it, man, I'm
3: trying to, uh, uh, we need more people to review this. I We should all, anyway. I was thinking, like, what if all our numbers added up to the 50 clone commandos? And that's what the the Wump Rats were doing. (laughs) Um, But no, so I think I'm going to have to give this, I think, a solid 8 out of 10 uh, as far as, like, the episode goes. Um, Just we're starting to ramp up that pressure going to the finale and the end of the season. And I'm super excited to see where everything lands. Um, I did that. I need to go higher. Eight and a half. That extra half is purely for bringing back Clone Commandos and bringing back Scorch in particular. <laughs> um, just a a plus, perfect. Loved it. Super happy. Please more Clone Commandos. Can we get our own Clone Commandos show? Can we get Republic Commando two or Imperial Commando one? Either way, I'd be happy with it. Eight and a half. And mine are all they're just they're all Commandos too because
2: mm-hmm.
3: now I'm remembering that I was part of this episode and I'm super excited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I'll go i I'll go next. Uh you know, I, I actually agree with you, Steven. I thought this was a it's just such a good episode. I loved getting to see the Republic Commandos again. Scorch and Gregor, two fan favorite characters, um, are are back, even though we didn't really get to spend much time with Scorch, just seeing his yellow armor made me happy. Uh, and I was like, Is this could be is it scorch? Is it Scorch? And then, of course they confirmed it definitely is Scorch and ah, that's so great. Uh and Gregor too, you know, Gregor I, I loved him in Clone Wars, and uh, of course, you know, in, he's a little different in Rebels. But I enjoyed his character there too, and it's it's nice to see them bridging the gap and and kind of showing how and why he went and and escaped. It also makes sense why the Republic or the why the Empire, excuse me, would be going after him in Rebels because he 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 defected right in this episode, mm. and who knows what else he's done in in the intervening years. So overall, I'm gonna give it eight and a half uh, Wampats. As well, uh, such an awesome episode. I just, I know where, I know where they're going next, and uh, and so I, I, I have to save some points for for those. But
1: no spoilers, um, no spoilers.
0: Yeah, no, I just that's all I'll say. But uh, yeah. yeah, my eight and a half womprats They, uh, uh, there, there are. Um, uh, there's another. Type of trooper that you haven't seen—they're WT troopers, and they're—they're they're actually <laughs> womprat troopers. Uh, they're the most—I was going to say elite, but it's actually the exact opposite—the the the, <laughs> the least elite of the of the troopers. And uh, there's eight and a half of them. So,
1: Tom. cool. Okay, so I'm going to make it unanimous with an eight point five, but I'm also going to throw something out on this because I had to research it first and make sure that it's true. But the title the War Mantle. Were you aware that it was mentioned in Rogue One?
0: It was.
1: Yes. So, you see, the the thing, the reason why it was mentioned in Rogue One is because those 8.5 Womp Rats happened to have actually planted that name within Scarif's system. So, they kind of like knew this was going to happen, they had uh, foresight that all this is going to happen within the empire. So they decided to put war mantle within the system. And that's where it came from. The 8.5 on came up with the name. That was really anyway, I'm going to leave it with that great episode. I love this episode. I'm very happy. They were able to confirm that was in there because I think there were back and forth. If it was, it wasn't. Um, I want to see where this is going from here and how it's going to get ourselves in the second season. So I really enjoyed this episode. And this was a really good episode to kick off going into the final two. So that's it. Yeah, just
0: two episodes left. Uh, and that's the next one is, of course, uh, as as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on the day we released it, it actually came out yesterday. So we'll have our review up tomorrow or you and we'll be all caught up in time for the series, not series, sorry, season finale on uh, next next uh, next weekend, but we're next in the next episode of Ion Cannon. We will be reviewing the Bad Batch season one episode fifteen, "Return to Camino." And in this episode, the Bad Batch find themselves in unexpected territory in this thrilling finale. Of course, it is the first part of the two part season finale. So, oh man, I am excited to talk about this with you guys
1: i can't wait to talk about it oh
0: yeah oh yeah and good news we'll be talking about tomorrow so uh if you're uh listening to this you don't have that long to wait so stay tuned we will be back tomorrow with our review of return to camino
1: thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away Walt Disney Company or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.